I don't know. But usually every every once in a while we come on and we talk about different financial topics as they pop into our mind. It could be like, this is how you invest. This is what I did with purchasing a car and having the most impact on my net worth when purchasing this car. Um, recently, we've been on a big kick to destroy cash value life insurance. We started with indexed universal life because that was easy. And then now we're doing whole life insurance. And one of the biggest things I get into when debating these topics is I, I just ask, like, what's the one unique thing that whole life insurance is doing that I can't do for free? And usually their answer is, you know, kind of a jumble of ideas and different kinds of information that doesn't really apply. Um, And they'll try to throw some stuff out like, oh, it's tax free. Uh, Well, I can do the same borrowing thing against a taxable brokerage account in order to pretend to be tax free, like whole life pretends to be tax free. Oh, well, you know, it uh, it's safe and it's secure. All right. Well, I can, you know, they, they put in the insurance companies, they put money into bonds to make it safe and secure. Okay. Well, I can go buy bonds or funds that contain bonds in order to reduce my volatility. And then I can borrow against that just like you can in a whole life insurance plan. So when you start digging down, there really isn't anything that any of these life insurance plans offer you that you can't do yourself for cheaper for free. And that's my biggest complaint. It's not that they're wrong. Their their argument is correct. But it's almost like you have a really nice car in your driveway that you own. And a salesman is like, look, I've got this beater Honda over here. And it runs. It works. Right? You should buy this beater Honda. Why would you do that? I mean, he may be right. It may work. It may get you to, from point A to point B. But you got a really nice car in your driveway already. Like, why would you pay someone for this beater Honda when you already have a nice car for free? But the final thing that people have been telling me is I have to read this book. Become Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash. And they're saying that if I only read this, then I might understand. I highly doubt that that's the case. Because I've been watching, reading articles, listening to arguments, trying to find all the information around this concept of becoming your own bank, or in other words, whole life insurance. Um, and I, I I don't believe that there's going to be some nugget of truth in here that isn't like out there for everyone to see, right? But I'm going to humor him and I'm going to actually read this book and we're going to go through and review pieces of it. First off, the title, <laughs> Becoming Your Own Banker. This bothers me, and I don't know why it bothers me so much, but you cannot become your own banker. You cannot be your own bank, right? You could put your money in an insurance company, and then you could borrow against that as an asset or something like that. That doesn't magically make you your own bank. You're not doing the same things banks are doing, and you're not replacing the banking system by doing that. All you're doing is you're giving an insurance company your cash, and then they're letting you borrow against the cash that you've paid them, and that's basically it. That doesn't equate banking, right? So that drives me nuts. But he does this handy thing at the end of each chapter. So I finished chapter one and uh, he has a little review segment. And the one thing I can say about chapter one to this point is that this chapter and all the things he says in it are fairly pointless. And I don't mean pointless as in like it was a waste of time. I mean like he didn't actually get to a point. He does promise that he's going to get to a point at some point in this book. Um, so he's kind of setting it up and I hope to kind of see what that looks like. But so far I haven't seen anything that actually drives home any great concepts. The first concept he talks about is the importance of imagination when it comes to math, maybe more important than knowledge itself. Like, okay. And his argument here is like, you got to get creative when finding new financial strategies. 
sure. Like we can get on board with that. Um, I think what he's doing is he's trying to open people's minds to thinking like an insurance product could be something that you could use as a financial vehicle. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but you know, when it comes to being creative, I think that they get to the whole life and then he just stops. He doesn't look at other vehicles that do the same thing, but better. So I think that he's not being imaginative enough. Then he talks about um, a grocery store. If you owned your own grocery store and how that would look. And his argument here is that if you owned a grocery store, you could just go in and take things off the shelf and go home, but you shouldn't. And he's right. And and the reason he's right here is that it's hard to track when you just take something off the shelf versus if you take your cash out and purchase it, you're able to track the movement of that product better. When it comes to things like selling cans of beans, the margin is so small that you have to sell so many cans of beans and just taking one off the shelf dramatically impacts the bottom line of that business. And it makes it impossible for you to see the damage that you caused by just taking that off the shelf to your bottom line, which makes it hard for you to know if you have good income, if your business is working properly. So just by purchasing your own products at the grocery store, yeah, you're using the same cash. You paid yourself out from the grocery store. You're using that same cash, but it tracks it. He calls that going out the front door. And his argument here is that if you were to set up a system in which you put cash into a vehicle and then you were to take it out, instead of taking the cash out, you borrow against it because that's what you would do if you owned your own bank. If that sounds like a stretch to you, it's because it is a stretch. (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong in his analogy, but then connecting that to like, so when you buy life insurance, you shouldn't take the cash out. You should borrow the cash is, is a stretch. He he next talks about the concept of economic value added um, and the amount of interest people are paying. He's pointing out here. You sh- if you're going to take out debt to purchase things, you should figure out a way to take out the lowest amount of debt possible. And people don't think creatively enough around interest rates. And we would agree with that concept. So the idea is this, and this was the argument that we made in a uh, episode recently, I'll link to it up above, um, about getting your own car for free. And the idea is in take, instead of taking the cash to purchase the car, you take the cash and you put it into something that returns a pretty good return. Like the S&P 500 index funds returns 10%. Then I go and I take a 2% loan out to buy the car. And the net difference is a gain of 8%. So on that money, I'm gaining 8% instead of actually paying out interest that I would have if I would have just bought the car with a loan or I would have gotten zero return at all if I would have just taken my own cash and purchased it. In fact, I probably would have taken a hit or um, I I would have taken an opportunity cost of not gaining that interest at all because I would have removed the cash plus the taxes. Um, And we agree with that concept. Find the cheapest way to do any financial item that you're doing. Um, We argue that on this channel quite a bit. Um, Then he talks about creating your own bank through an insurance company. Again, that seems like a rough analogy or rough connection. Um, and then he talks about dividend paying life insurance policy and how it works. And yes, you can get a dividend paying insurance policy. Your rate is going to be less than inflation. Um, you're going to be paying fees out during the most important compounding years, which is the early years. Uh, it doesn't make sense to do that. Uh, the argument is that, well, it replaces the savings. The problem is you need the savings in the early years when they're taking out all the fees. And then later on, as your net worth grows to the point where you could take out debt against things like, you know, index funds, that's when you need your um, emergency fund or your savings less. So it 
it works backwards. It's like it's putting emphasis on the wrong thing at the wrong time. Um, and then finally, he makes the argument, uh, great things take time, discipline takes years, don't expect to get rich overnight. We also agree to that, but we would say that you can get rich, right? Instead of doing this, actually put your money into something that returns something pretty good, like an index fund with the S&P 500, real estate, something to that effect, not whole value life insurance, which is returning less than inflation. Or if you just wanted to be safe, just put it into bonds like they're doing and skip the middleman altogether. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I'll keep reading the book and uh, we'll see if I land on that nugget that I'm missing to this point. I'm sure that nugget of truth is out there somewhere and I just haven't found it yet. So we'll keep you guys tuned.